And I think life is constantly sort of that. Losing yourself and finding yourself. Like our ego likes to have an identifier, you know, like I'm an actor or I'm a comedian or I'm an influencer. And it's just easier that way. It's easier to live life. It's easier to be productive. But when you're trying to find who you are again, it can feel really uncomfortable and sitting still can feel really uncomfortable. Welcome to the show that drops in on people's moments of clarity surrounding their choice to not drink. I'm Kate Madry and I'm so happy you're here. Sobriety is like a thumbprint, and just like your skincare routine or your self-care routine, everyone's sober care routine is very different. By the end of each conversation, you'll leave with a little bit more insight to help guide you while building your sober care routine. This is a clear-headed podcast. Sarah and I are coming at you live from what feels like pure and utter chaos. (laughs) We both had COVID. Uh, yes, it's still a thing. Um, we're recovering. I still feel pretty recovered. Recovered. <laughs> we're recovering in more than one way. Always recovering. Um, but I'm going to start by asking you, Sarah, what do you feel like in this last year of my life? Turning 29. I just turned 29, I had COVID on my 29th birthday. I'm curious as an observer and as my partner, like what do you think my last year of life was about? Like if you could put a theme on it, what do you think it was? Well, not to get like too woo-woo, but you know, you were in your Saturn in return. Okay. Which happens (laughs) usually from like 27 to 30. But it's like a tremendous time of growth and sort of rediscovering who you are. And while I think you did do that in your initial phase of your sobriety, I I also think this last year has really been like stretching all of these different parts of yourself, sort of shedding old identities and thoughts about yourself and then looking at the things that stuck, you know, like I think you stepped away from doing comedy a little bit, but you're having a yearning to go back to it because you know through sifting through everything that it's still there and it's still like a thorn in your side in the best way possible. (laughs) Like you're not getting rid of it. Um, So yeah, I think it's just, I think it's been a rebirth in a way. Like I think you're, I think you felt lost at times and maybe hopeless because it's hard to like rediscover who you are. But I also think there's been a tremendous amount of growth and like all for the better. I agree. Am I still in my Saturn in return? You are. Yeah. I feel it. Is just sobriety a big Saturn in return phase? Because, I mean, I guess, let's see. When I got sober, was I 26 or 27? You were 26 because I was 27. And so I started my Saturn in return right, like, basically... I got sober and my Saturn in return all started at the same time. And it's also when we started dating. So I had all of these really big changes happening in my life. And I we both moved out of apartments that we had been living in for like almost a decade. Yeah. So there was just like a lot of things happening. And I agree with what you said. Like, it's so funny because I feel like you know me better than I can even know myself. Not that I don't know myself, but just I think it's really easy to get lost in the sauce of your own internalized like 
monologue, you know, like your inner monologue of, oh, this is what I should be doing or learning or these are my goals. And over the span of a year, I think it can just get lost. I think my theme this last year, I mean, it felt like um, floundering. Is that a word? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I, or flailing. Both. Flailing masked as like uh, water aerobics. <laughs> and I still really feel like I'm in it. And then to like have COVID to kick off my new year it really forced me to sit still. And I think stillness is something that we talk about a lot and it's a tool and a resource in almost every single guest sober care routine is the ability to become still and be comfortable in the uncomfortability of stillness. But I just got like, and you did too, cornered into sitting still and really understanding how uncomfortable I am in it. Like, do you feel uncomfortable in stillness? Yeah, I mean, I think we both do. I think we both have a tendency to be go, go, go kind of people. Because mm-hmm. um, it's distracting in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, and we've talked about this. I touched on it in like a solo episode, but the pressure of productivity when you are sober because you don't have a hangover anymore and so you feel like all of this time that you had was like wasted time (laughs) like pun intended the wasted time that you spent hungover or in search of the next drink or escaping not being present and then to have that removed I feel like I put this pressure on myself to then make something out of it. And I think that's really what I spent last year really hammering in internally. Like, you better do something with this. Yeah. I also think, (laughs) I think um, for a lot of people who struggle with alcohol, it, it's a part of it's like so strongly a part of your identity when you are drinking that when you take that away you're left with all of this excess time space thought to fill and I think there's a lot of discovery mm-hmm. happening when you first stop drinking or even like we're almost three years into not drinking and I yeah. think this past year has been about you losing yourself to find yourself again and I think life is constantly sort of that losing yourself and finding yourself and it's uncomfortable because I think as humans we like to like our ego likes to have an identifier you know like I'm an actor or I'm a comedian or I'm an influencer etc etc and it's just easier that way it's easier to live life it's easier to be productive but when you're trying to find who you are again it can feel really uncomfortable and sitting still can feel really uncomfortable and I kind of think that's what you were going through this past year yeah trying a whole bunch of different hats on seeing what felt right but I think it's really important to give yourself the option and ability to to try all of those things yeah it's kind of like a double-edged sword when you have all the time or you're clear-headed 
it can feel like a blessing and a curse because I clearly see when something is not for me. And in a way, it's kind of a blessing to be like muddy in that sense. It can feel like, I don't know, you have more room to fumble. But then again, I who's defining what is a fumble? What is a failure? What is a success? Like that also I think is my maybe what I'm walking into this next year of like the redefinition. I think I let so many things crumble this last year of my life in the best way possible. You know, we've talked about sobriety, like the shattering is necessary, the shattering of your beliefs, the shattering of your identity, of your friendships, of whatever, to make the mosaic of a better life. But it's not limited to sobriety. And I think that's what I'm learning. There is so much more after. And the after is like, I'm in the after. I'm in the like, it has become factual that I don't drink. So now what? It is a huge part of me because I want it to be and because it just is. But like, then what? How do I keep striving to grow and evolve? And I think that's like what I want this next year to be. When we started the podcast, it started so curious and broad and then it got really specific and I love the specificity. But even in interviewing so many incredible people and understanding you know what we've always believed is that it's so unique to every person like there are so many tools out there and I'm ready to go explore those tools and not have it be limited to a non-out beverage or like a quitlet book there's more out there that isn't just under the, you know, title of sobriety. And what does that look like? So does that make sense? <laughs> I can't tell if this COVID <laughs> yeah, totally. brain, if my, if my words are being articulated correctly, but I think that's what I'm feeling like a push to. And I really don't, don't you think that in sobriety there are all of these evolutionary phases like you said you're always rediscovering yourself like you're always losing yourself to find yourself but in the best way Mm -hmm. and I think I'm just in that like I think I'm just super super in it yeah and I think it's great yeah so I mean and that kind of leads us into our next podcast venture yeah so I've been toying with the idea of expanding the concepts and the ideas that Sarah and I both think of, you know, on the record and off the record, but like with friends and really for me, my sober care routine and what is foundational about that is my happiness. I've always felt the strongest in my sobriety when I'm my happiest. I felt the strongest in my creativity when I'm the happiest. And I've, I've just felt, I mean, because duh, who doesn't feel better? The happier you are. And 
so we're going to do a new podcast and we'll keep clear-headed going, of course. But the expansion that I've been feeling pulled to go and seek and learn about that isn't just tethered strictly to sobriety, a sober care routine, or a sober journey, more aligns with how to be happier. So we're going to do a new podcast called Happier Hour. And I'm really excited about some of the experts and people that we have lined up to just figure out how to be happier, how to have happier hours. What do you think? I mean, yeah. like, how do you feel about it? Yeah, exactly like what you said, you know? Like, I think the beginning of sobriety is naturally very focused on not drinking. Yeah. And how do you fill your cup, metaphorically speaking, <laughs> with other things, but in that realm of sobriety? And then I think you get to a point where you think you start to think less and less about alcohol being um, a factor in your life. And you start seeking out things that just have nothing necessarily directly to do with sobriety, whether that's meditation or breath work or finding a spiritual practice or some kind of creative outlet. Um, because you just have space and you have room for more things in your life. Yeah, it is about the space. Like drinking takes up a lot of room on your mental shelf. And then when you clear it, first you owe it to your mental shelf to do a good service of cleaning and dusting and, you know, maybe your shelf has some imprint where the drinking was and you need to repolish or resand or paint or refinish. And I think that that honestly never stops and I never want it to stop. But then it just takes up less space on your shelf. Yeah, and you have a new shelf and you have this gorgeous thing that you can now use to bring more and add more to it. So happier hour will be about what you can add to your mental shelf to make your hours happier. Because I'm also so over like it's happy hour and then it's like cosmos and all that. Like it's such a absolute lie. Alcohol is a depressant, so there's literally nothing about a happy hour with alcohol. It It's just not it. <laughs> um, but there's so much more to it, and I'm really excited. I, I think I'm really also just excited to learn and to bring new information to everyone. Yeah. So, that means me really good. Yeah. We're aiming for the end of October. And for clear-headed and where it's going, I'm really excited about that too. I think, I mean, is it ironic that I'm like the pressure to just keep producing and doing stuff and then I'm like in a new podcast? I don't know, maybe. But but you're following your heart. Yeah. and Which um, I think is really the most important thing. It doesn't feel like work if it's not work. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. If you don't make it work, if it brings you joy, then... It's absolutely worth pursuing. Makes you happier. Happier hours. But for clear-headed, I really, Sarah and I have really just talked so much about what's the vision and what's the like direction that we want to go in 
and it's the same direction we've always been in just less pressure we definitely want you to be able to purchase things that we love but it takes a lot of money to make that happen (laughs) and we don't have that yet so what we do have is knowledge and vibes and pinterest mostly vibes mostly vibes so we'll be bringing mostly vibes to clear-headed and opinions and journals and really leaning into lifestyle really leaning into it because it is such living a life clear-headed is it trickles into every single thing that you do and i'm excited for that overlap on happier hour too because being happier allows for you to live every aspect of your life better more clear-headed do you see the the meld that we've got mm-hmm. going. Mm-hmm. So I think that's our full update. Yeah. I think that's our full COVID rundown. And I will leave with this, that a, a resource that I've really been using and Sarah and I have been using is Insight Timer. Mm-hmm. It is so good. There's a free option. There's a plus option. I think it's like billed annually and it's $60 for the full year if you do do it. I finally pulled the plug and like just got the full membership because it they have courses. They have guided meditations. They have playlists. There's so much that you can find on Insight Timer to help you be more still and really like work into a meditation practice that can be super super transformative for your mental health um sarah blondin is one of the creators i don't know if you'd call her like a creator or meditator or like a i don't know contributor contributor i don't know yeah but she has great meditations fabulous meditations where i cried with gratitude in Mm. the best way possible So check out Insight Timer, add it to your sober care routine, and um, I'm excited to, to keep evolving together. Me too. Okay. Happy birthday and me. Woohoo! Woohoo! <laughs> For more guidance on building your sober care routine, head to clearheaded.co or follow us on Instagram at clearheaded.co. <laughs>